Welcome to the Fuck Trauma Podcast with me, your host, Candice Tamara. I'm a trauma mindset coach and I am on a mission to guide you to having the safe, secure and loving relationships with yourself and with others that you so deserve. Let's dive in. Before we go any further, I just want to let you know that my signature group program, Anxious to Secure in Love, is enrolling right now. This is my signature 10-week program that will take you from anxious and, and feeling anxiety in your relationships or in dating to feeling secure in yourself and in your relationships. This is the most supportive container you could ever imagine, and it covers everything that you can imagine from anxious attachment style for from your identity you know to people pleasing to healing anxious attachment style to managing your triggers to learning to set boundaries communication what your needs are learning how to meet your needs and what you need for in a relationship it is incredible and it has insane results if you're interested in joining please send me a message uh, send me an email or dm me now for details Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fuck Trauma podcast with me, Candice. I am joined by, by, joined by, with rather, a very special guest today, Andy. And I'm actually going to let her introduce herself because she is just going to do a much better job of it. So hi, Andy. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Um, we're so happy to ha- to have you here, and I'm so excited for you to share with my audience. So, please tell us who you are and anything else you want to share with us, please. I would love to. So, to everyone listening, hi, I am Andy. I am a coach who uses a mixture of mindset coaching and somatic healing to help people break through any of the blocks that they have, any of the things that are kind of holding them back that they just can't quite explain, the things that haven't actually gone away just by their own awareness or willpower alone. And so I work with my clients on anything from business blocks to career blocks to relationship blocks, health blocks, all of those things, because the way that our body works is when we just decide at a very young age and learn that there is something that is unsafe for us to have, we're going to resist having that thing. And so what I do is I help my clients kind of backtrack and say, okay, you're working towards this thing. And for whatever reason, you're either self-sabotaging it or you're doing everything right, but it's still not coming in. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. Rather than just tell you to work a little harder or figure it out on your own, why don't we go back to the root of what is actually going on, figure out where you learned to feel unsafe in this area so that we can heal your body from those things and allow you to let all of that other success, those wins that you're working towards actually come in. So that's what I do. That's who I am. And hopefully that was a good explanation of it. Yeah, that is a great explanation uh, um, of it. Although there is so much more to you than that, because, you know, I know you've done a lot of speaking as well, which is incredible. You have like a a TED talk am I right to say that mm-hmm. yes, yes how incredible yes. and that is amazing <laughs> because I'm gonna guess and you can share your story but um I'm gonna guess that for you to do what you do it's probably because you probably got rid of some of your blocks and self and self-sabotaging patterns 
that would then be able to lead you to do something as scary as public speaking, because some people would find that very scary. I know I probably would find that very scary right now as well. But is am I right to think that you probably had to do some of this yourself to be able to get to where you are right now and to be so seen? And just to be clear to anyone, you know, Andy has a, a big following online and she's very seen online. She puts amazing content out. Um, and I know as somebody that had to overcome some of my own blocks and self-sabotage in that respect around being seen and self-sabotaging, is that something you experienced? And can you tell us a little bit about your journey with that? Yeah, I would love to. So I definitely have had to do a lot of this work on my own. That's actually how I got here. My background actually comes from corporate, totally different. I was an engineer. I went to school for engineering. I am such a science and math person, very logical. So probably about the furthest thing that you would expect from me actually doing this type of work right now. But with that, when I was in that career, that position, I had taken a job at a major corporate consulting company, international, big offices, all of the like fancy danciness around it, the card, the fancy outfits, the happy hours, all of it. After the newness of that position wore off, I found myself very unfulfilled and unhappy, but not really sure how to verbalize that. And as part of that, I ended myself in an eating disorder for a couple of years as a fully grown adult, which for me took a lot of kind of work to really get out of, not just in, you know, actually healing the eating disorder, but almost coming to terms with the shame of being an adult who ended these or ended in these patterns, but didn't even know how I got there. And so in that journey of actually really letting go of a lot of the shame around that, I found that my eating patterns really improved. And I finally gave myself way to understand myself a little bit deeper. And it was in that that I really started entering into this world because in a way, an eating disorder is just a really, really extreme form of sabotage for me not allowing myself to see what I needed to see inside of me. It was a coping mechanism. It was like a way for me to really distract myself. And until I kind of got away from the traditional therapy, which therapy is wonderful. I went to therapy for a while, but it never really moved the needle for me in that area. And I knew I needed something deeper. The something deeper that I found was more of the healing work that I do now, where I was really going into both my mind and body and starting to go, where did this actually come from? And how do I let it go? Because for a lot of us who are super logical, as I am, thinking through it doesn't do anything. We already know how to think through it. We've done it like a gazillion times already. So there's other tools, there's other tricks, there's other patterns that we need. And since then, I've started my business. And what I found is that at each level of success, for my business at each kind of major ceiling or breakthrough, I've had to directly go back to the drawing board on healing and almost like uncover another, another layer of myself so that I can feel safe being seen at that level too. Because as we grow in success, it just requires us to unlearn little by little, a little more of what has caused us to be where we are today. So we can be more us and let that success resonate with what we actually want out of our life. Yeah. I love that. So what would you say are some of the most common blocks that you see people doing or patterns that you see people doing? I think that when it comes to the obvious around self-sabotage, definitely procrastination. So that's usually the easiest one to self-diagnose. 
Funny enough, I think the most common block, especially for us high achievers and very logical people, is actually the pattern of overworking, but not seeing the right like amount of results from the work we're putting in. And I work with a lot of people on this because if you ever feel like you're working uphill or you're like you're pushing like a big boulder uphill when you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to get healthy or you're trying to build your business or rise in your career or find your relationship, whatever it is. When you feel like that, it's typically not because, you know, you you can't have the thing or it even requires that much work. It's typically because there's a level of resistance inside of you and that work is going to feel harder than it needs to in order for you to get there. But it also will kind of show up in a sabotaging pattern of you maybe not being able to connect to the critical needle moving things you need to do in order to get there. So you might not need to do the entire checklist every single day. And by doing that checklist, you might be wasting energy that could be put towards identifying the thing that you actually need to do and then doing it. So that's an always very interesting one. But I find that that one is incredibly common. And it's really sneaky because a lot of us who work really hard think, oh, I don't have a problem with self-sabotage. But that's usually not how it shows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you for sure. So tell me, what are some of the causes that you see of self-sabotage? And these blocks, some of the common ones. It can be all over the board. Um, I'll speak to one that I think is super interesting. And I don't know if this is quite a cause, but it's more of the in-depth pattern. The cause would be wherever this really showed up in your life, like where you learned this. But one that I think is really unique and a lot of people will typically resonate with is this like fear of going all into a goal. So a lot of people have a lot of awareness around failure at this point. They're aware that fear of failure exists. They're aware of the just do it mentality. They're aware that they just need to get over the hump. However, they are not aware of the fear of failure that they don't consciously recognize, right? Which sounds a little obvious, but bear with me for a second. When there is something that we really, really care about. So maybe it's not your corporate job. Like for me, I cared about getting a corporate job. I had learned my entire life that this was the job to get in order to be okay. However, that wasn't what my soul actually was looking for. That wasn't what I actually really cared about deep down. So I worked my butt off and I got into that corporate job and there wasn't a ton of resistance there. When I went to start my business, I had a ton of resistance because with my business, it was something I actually cared about. And if I were to go all in towards that goal, meaning not just take the normal risks of quitting my job and booking the course and finding my coach and all of that. But if I actually like dared to say, oh my God, this is what I want to do. I'm going to just go ham and just go all in and do it. Then if I did that and then failed, that was incredibly triggering to me, but I couldn't see it because I was okay with taking the normal risks. And so I like to call that the fear of going all in and then failing or being judged or rejected or whatever it is, because a lot of us have then connected that type of failure. Like if we do everything possible, we put everything in towards the school. We don't leave anything else on the table and then we fail. Well, we've connected that failure, that type of failure to that meaning then that thing is not possible. And when you really care about something that can be incredibly triggering to your mind and body, and it can feel incredibly unsafe to your nervous system because it's almost better to not have it than to know it's not possible. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, and I think probably for certainly for my audience, I think that can seep into your Uh, mm self-worth. You you attach the fear of something working out to the idea of your self self-worth and if it doesn't then it's just another dent in it that you're not enough you're not worthy you're not you know good enough kind of thing is am I right in saying that you 
might have experienced that and and you notice that in people as well a hundred percent and I think that happens with every form of goal because it it happens with relationships right relationships are like the biggest reflection we have into ourselves so naturally you're going to take that right and you're going to make it mean something about yourself even if you know you're not supposed to that's just the natural pattern we have But that also happens when it's something you really care about. And that's where I think I had lost sight of that or just didn't even have awareness into it because that's not how I really understood it growing up. And so when it came into even career, a lot of people will attach their career wins directly to their self-worth or losses directly to their self-worth. The interesting thing is, even if you're winning, you're doing good, right? Like it's great. Like your self-worth is kind of naturally boosted but you're going to have an ebb and flow. And then all of a sudden that ebb can actually really like take a toll because you've just learned to connect your self-worth to that other thing in general. Yes. Yeah. And that is what I find. I find people just move their, their self-worth validation to some different things at different times. <laughs> actually, it's just, you know, the biggest thing you can do is, is be your own internal self-worth, you know, validation. And, and, and if you're moving it to something external, then um, it's not going to be sustainable and it will will crash or sabotage it at some point. Um, so yeah, I think that's very interesting. I also think the other aspect of that is that people will use these things as a way to define their identity, particularly, again, I certainly think with, with my audience where we're not necessarily sure of who we are as identity, like we have, we have people-pleasing tendencies. So therefore we don't really know who we are. Like I hear that a lot from people and I know I experienced this before. And it's like, so we attach, you know, those goals, those milestones at work, those promotions, those um, even business, if you if you get to the point of creating your own business or something like that, you attach it to your identity. And, and again, your self-worth of like who you are and, mm-hmm. and actually there's more to it than that. And when those things fail or not when they fail, but if they do fail, then it's, it's it's about you again and I think this is really dangerous because mm-hmm. I think in business you can really do this and I know I don't know if you experience this but I definitely have experienced this in my business of you know I know we've spoken about this a bit but you know sometimes when things change and you do get very seen on online and things like that it you know you can sometimes put your worth to it or you can put your identity to it or you can put your identity to it a business part that you've created and you want to be really careful of those things because then you will start to sabotage them because you're attaching your worth to it and and you're looking for that external validation to do that so then naturally your nervous system will feel unsafe again and just starts sabotaging it is that am i is that does that sound right to, to your expertise in this area yeah a hundred percent and i feel like with business like that is probably the most recent experience i've had with that I know we've chatted about this a bit because what's interesting is for me, how this has shown up is that in business, the thing that I have had to heal and come back to healing time and time again, in order for my business to grow, isn't necessarily the same stuff that I had to heal in other areas. It actually has come more into line with like the fear of being seen, like allowing myself to feel safe to be seen because at each level of business, I've had a very clear identity that I've kind of put myself in a box of without realizing And I've had to almost like crack that identity open and let it go in order to reach that next place because you can't hold on to one and grab the other. You don't have enough space for it. But when you're kind of going through that and you have all those wins in the beginning, your mind and body like almost attached to that identity and the self-worth that comes with it and the security and the safety. And so 
a lot of people don't realize, at least in my opinion, that the process to actually like letting go of an identity and like assuming a new one in order for you to grow. And this can, this isn't just in business, it's in every area is actually like a really triggering process to your mind and body because you have to let go before you jump kind of like any risk. And it's scary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're right, it is in every area. Business, I think, is particularly triggering for the fact that it's just so different to what society tells us. So we have so many limiting beliefs in these areas of like, it's not safe, you'll not make enough money, you must get a you must have a salary, you must, you must do this, you must do that, and blah, 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 blah. And so you're re- literally going against the grain and people are reminding you of that all day, every day. So you already have enough fear as it is um, to self-sabotage there. But it can be always the same. There's always, you know, whether it's a business, whether it's a career that you're going to, but also in relationships, you know, it's changing that identity from somebody that might, you know, only attract a certain type or or have that kind of experiences, but you want to be somebody that's in a certain kind of relationship or marriage or even whatever that looks like for you you almost have to change those beliefs you have to change that identity and that shell of yourself and shared shared a lot of those traumas and um things that created that that person that you were then to become what you need to be to be what you want to have what you want to be a match for what you want yeah and it's interesting because I so I, I don't know when I heard this, probably back when I was in high school, like diet culture, probably then I could have told you that I was going to end up with an eating disorder, but hindsight's the best foresight. So back then I remember just learning that when it comes to dieting, when it comes to like getting, getting healthy in quotes, the best way to do it, or like psychologically, the best way isn't to actually take things away because taking things away in that area, like even in the simple area of food is more triggering to your brain than to add things in. And so you've like, some people might've heard that like with dieting, oftentimes they recommend add good foods in rather than take all of the bad foods out because you'll naturally kind of like find your middle ground. And it's the same thing with anything. It's like, we as humans have a harder time letting go of things. Identity in particular is really hard because we've totally attached to it. It's like our complete safety blanket, but we still have a harder time letting go than we do of assuming it feels scarier to see like the negative, like the amount that that hits us is bigger than it is for the positive. And so it's just interesting because something that is so conceptual, you think would be so natural. It's like, obviously I want this other one, but your mind and body just don't feel like that. Yeah. And that is that thing of not feeling safe. It's that, and this is, this is a lot of this is subconscious. A lot of it's in your body. You don't even realize a lot of people don't even realize that this, these trauma and these beliefs have, being created for you and they are literally blocking you from what you want whether it be success business uh, relationships whatever it is it's literally just there and you have to be able to shed that you know mm-hmm. um but it can be tricky to do so what are some of the ways that you would uh, work with people to be able to do that like what are some of the tips that you could share to to be able to do that for people Yeah. So I think the first and foremost is, and this is going to seem so simple, but it's to stop doing the thing you think you need to be doing that is clearly not working. Because I'm a firm believer that you need space to do a lot of this work. Like you can't keep like going against the grit or like going on the grind and like doing, 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 and like, you know, let like letting yourself keep working in the incorrect way and expect to also be able to do this work. It's like, you're still trying to hold on without letting go. So like in a 
business sense, that would be like continuing the same strategy, same path, same everything while trying to let go of old identities. It's like, you can't do that. And so I'm a big fan of creating space with a lot of this, which means like, you know, literally create space in your calendar, have less on the agenda, like cancel some meetings, cancel some like events, whatever it is. And just allow yourself a little bit more time to be introspective because typically there's a period of time. I don't know if you find this like in the same way when you work with your clients on trauma, but what I found is that clients who have that period of space and then have that time to actually reconnect with their body are the ones that are most likely to actually succeed in doing the work because there's a level of disconnection we all already have with our body. And if the trauma is stored in our body, well, we have to be kind of like reintroduced to our body before we can even do the work to let go of the trauma stored in it. And so in that space, using it intentionally, I've always found like that is one of the simplest, but also like the most influential things you can do to actually work through it. I love that. I'm just going to add another example of that, particularly for my audience, because it just reminded me of a conversation I had yesterday. So like you just said, you're totally right. And I agree with that. Another example of that would be for my community would be particularly when you're, you know, you're dating and you're maybe you're single, you're dating, you keep attracting the same kind of people. And then you're like, I want to do the work, but you keep on doing the same thing of like deciding to date at the same time. I'm not against people dating at the same time and doing the work. But for some people, you're doing it to distract yourself and to fill voids. And if you're doing it from that place, then actually that is the worst thing you can be doing, you know, But and actually taking the time out because you're literally just going to keep doing the same thing. It's just going to keep reiterating the old story, the old version of you that you're trying to shed. So actually taking the time out to do the work and reconnect with yourself and rebuild you and your identity and your beliefs and everything like that about you. And then doing the dating again from a different, healthier place of not attracting the same and not looking for a distraction or a void because you've filled the void yourself. You've done the work to fill your void. You're going to be a hundred times more successful at what you're doing there than you are when you're trying to keep doing the same thing and get the same result because you haven't changed, you haven't shifted. So that reminded me of a conversation I had yesterday. And I think that is a really similar to what you were just saying of like, you're shedding that old person. So taking the time out to just focus on you will get you 10 times there a lot faster of finding the person you want to be with and everything a lot faster than if you just keep repeating that pattern and reiterating it instead. Is that a similar kind of um, example of what you were referring to and in, in, in as to what I've just said there in terms of the dating aspect? A hundred percent. It's kind of funny because it's reminding me of back when I lived in DC. So while I was at the corporate job, eating disorder, all of it, my dating patterns were very similar to that. This was like before I met my husband. And it's like funny to think back of even just having this conversation because I maybe wasn't like constantly going on dates, but using apps like Bumble and Hinge and yeah. speaking the one person that I knew in my gut would never be the person for yeah. years longer than I was supposed to, that was more of a band-aid than it was an actual way of me like find trying to find my person. But I thought or I convinced myself it was trying to find my person. And that I think is kind of what you're saying, where it's like it can be tricky because it's not like a one size fits all, but there you have to like know yourself well enough and know like why are you doing this? Yes. And it always comes down to why, because that is the difference, because you're you're using it for the validation to your self-worth. Bad idea. And you're using it to distract you from all the other ways of like um, 
of circumstances of where you are instead of just doing the work you're self-sabotaging by doing that because you should just pour into yourself and do the work and while I'm not against people when they work with me I'm not against them actually um dating at all in fact I do encourage it if it's for the right why and the right why that I always say is that use it as a great opportunity while you're doing the work to date yourself so yeah you're going on these dates but you're learning you know you're learning boundaries you're learning what you want and what you need so use it in a way of like dating yourself with these other people you know you're figuring out those things you're learning to communicate you're learning to set boundaries you're learning you're learning who you are and that is a great way to do it and yeah lots of people do it and they do meet their happy ever after from doing it but you're doing that from a much more empowered place rather than from I'm just going to chat the same rubbish and and um and can repeat the old story that's not going to make me feel good but if you're doing it from a place of like yeah look how great look how much I'm shifting look how much I'm changing look at the different thought patterns I'm having look how good I feel about myself and then you attract someone great that's gonna that's gonna be a much better outcome than doing it the other way around yeah exactly and it's interesting too because as you're doing that like I love the idea of date yourself because then as you're doing that, you actually are changing how you see yourself and how you connect and validate yourself via self-worth. And so the reason that so many people then end up meeting their happily ever after, like this is exactly what happened to me, just not intentionally, is I did all the work on all of it. And then just miraculously, the asshole disappeared uh, totally beyond my abilities. And my husband just showed up the next day, despite me like having no idea and giving up on dating for good. So it's like, it was also after that whole kind of change. And when you have that type of energy that comes with validating yourself, not needing the self-worth all the time to come from something outside of you, setting the boundaries, like holding a better standard for yourself. And that comes naturally when you've healed a lot of the trauma, all of a sudden, the opportunities do just kind of come into you. And that's where the correlation is, right? Because it's like you become the person that can have that opportunity versus you trying to create the opportunity for yourself. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I love I love that. It's like a knight in shine and all my armor just knocked on your door. And I didn't, I'm sure he didn't literally knock on your door, but he came the next day. I love that. <laughs> but that's exactly it. You become a match for it. And I think people fear, like, and I always say to people, they'll find you like don't worry about that like and I think it comes from a scarcity and you should never do anything from scarcity you know the things I hear all the time are like oh but there's there's you know I never find a connection with anyone they don't exist blah 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 blah. no that is just keeping you limited and blocked from what you actually want and you're a perfect example of what you just said so that's great like doing the work and reaching to that person that that is that identity to be, I know you guys got married really early as well, like really quick and you became that person. And it's the same way with business and success. You have to become that person. You have to become that match to money. You have to become that match to success and being seen online and everything like that. It's all the same thing. You shift your identity and and what comes with that. And then it, it comes, it comes in, whatever that looks like for you, whatever you're doing. Exactly. And I'm going to add one more part to the story because I just think it might be helpful for someone in your audience, but at least with my husband, I find this so interesting. So we met through a mutual friend who I lived with back in DC, that mutual friend. And I had plenty of like, we were roommates. We had parties all of the time. Like we were in that stage of life. And at that time, like that was just it, right? I was not okay. She was not okay. None of us were okay. Little did I know that my husband actually was at those parties. I never met him. We have pictures from the same parties in my apartment in the same nights. 
just in different rooms, like different timestamps. We all like, we put this all together after we met, but both of us at that time were not like healed versions of ourselves. We had so, we hadn't even gotten to that point. That was like on the cusp of it. And we both look back at that and think it's so funny because then two years later, coincidentally, we both moved to Denver separately and we were put into contact finally by that same girl who was the mutual point in general. But if you look back, if we had met each other at that time, we both can easily admit to each other, like that would have blown up in both of our faces because the patterns that we were displaying would literally have pushed each other away. And so it's so funny because it's like, of course we like, can logically think through, oh, the universe will give us exactly what we need when we want it or like when we need it or when we become that match. But there is a lot of proof there where it's like you aren't potentially ready to meet that person or they're not potentially ready to meet you until you've done the work on yourself to not accidentally repel them. And you can probably find proof of that in other areas of your life, too. I think a lot of people can if they really look back at it. One million percent. And obviously, you know, I'm a fan of manifestation. So this is where I was being like, oh my God, of course, it makes sense. You weren't a match for it. So it was never going to happen then, but it was a match and then you became a match and then there it was great. And then look, you've married, you've got everything. Um, So that totally makes sense. And I think, yeah, I totally agree. And I think um, you can definitely see that, which is why it's so important to shed the, the rubbish that's holding you back subconsciously to be able to um, not self-sabotage and even still, you know, what will happen is something will come in and you'll just self-sabotage it as well because you haven't done the work and, and, and you know, you don't feel safe, um, which is a shame. So if there is anything that you are trying to work on, whatever that looks like, whether it is a relationship, whether it is your business, whether it is career or something, and it's just not working for you, it's likely that you have some blocks there that you don't even realize. And these are really sneaky. They are really subconscious and, and people have no idea that they're, they're really a lot of them are just coming from childhood and that's why they don't really recognize them, what they are. Um, I know, I mean, you can tell me, I, did you find with your clients that a lot of it is coming from childhood as well? I'd say a lot of it does come from childhood, not all of it. There are definitely kind of more recent instances, but typically they're just iterations of, patterns that you kind of already held on to or learned when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And is there any other tips that you could give us or to, to anyone listening to anything else? I think the biggest tip of all is just not to think it's normal. Like, I don't know if you experience this with your clients, but I experience this all the time where there is a lot of just kind of like normalization of some of these things. So normalization of having to work hard, of procrastinating, of, like kind of just saying it's fine and moving on with it and then going back to your normal patterns. Mm -hmm. And I think the normalization of it is easier because it's what everyone's doing. So it feels weirder to honestly go work on your shit. Like it feels weirder to do that. And especially something that I struggled with because I went straight to a therapist, but therapy in hindsight wasn't what I needed because that just wasn't the right tool, right? It's super, it's a great tool for some people, But for me, I knew how to process things. That wasn't my problem. I didn't know how to let go of things after they were processed. And so knowing that if your tool isn't a traditional tool, that is okay. Because I think that some people in this is, I speak from experience on this. I resisted working with a coach and the coaches who really helped me get into this work unknowingly, but most importantly, she really helped me with my eating disorder. 
I resisted working with her because the upfront cost was weird. I've never heard anyone watch it, like working with a coach. I found her on Instagram. Like she's not that much older than me. Like all of these things, I had a laundry list. And in hindsight, that kind of like bias that I had, right? Because everybody in my life wasn't doing it, Mm. prevented me from acting a little bit faster. So I think that when we have like a mix of normalizing the pain we're in, because we've become used to it and because other people around us have the same pain or the same symptoms and they're not working to change it and finding methods to treat it that might not be typical. Those two things hold a lot of people back because at the end of the day, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I personally feel like everyone needs to work with someone in the beginning to really work through a lot of trauma. Like even at this stage of my journey, I still choose not all the time because I know what I'm doing, But I oftentimes choose to work with someone who also is trauma informed and knows how to work with me because I know that like, that's my best way of getting through that. You know what I mean? And so just making sure that if it's something you want, you're actually seeking it out and you're like valuing it for what it's valued. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think for for my people, it would be normalizing people pleasing and perfectionism, Mm -hmm. which are trauma responses, guys, then they're not normal. They are trauma Mm -hmm. responses. And if you do those things, I know that they are they are normalized by society even. Um, but they're not they're not normal. They are trauma responses and they are sabotaging you. Like they are, um, they're sabotage within them within within itself. So I agree. And I think this is where it's really important the work that we do, in particular, not to say everyone everyone's work is very important, but why it's super in particular is because fear. A lot of people live their lives by fear. Fear is very strong. It's a very strong emotion that holds us back. And fear is like, um, its job is to keep you safe. Its job is to keep you safe. So it's trying to keep you in a comfort zone of where you are right now. And it's, it's literally so strong in your mind, your body and everything. And it's telling you, no, no, just stay there. It's fine. This is safety. But those the safety of fear has been you know a lot of those that fear you picked up is from childhood it's from survival it's from it's from childhood it's not serving you now as an adult so even if you look at it like um you want to go into a relationship if you have some of the fears around love is not safe for you you will sabotage those relationships because you have those fears but those fears are coming from your childhood they're not actually for instance or something else but generally in my world it's coming from childhood and you're literally going to be sabotaging your adult life now because of those fears. But fear thinks it's keeping you safe. It thinks it's doing the right job. So this is why it's really in particular to work with somebody in that respect and particularly around trauma is because it will help you to face fear and move forward, feeling safely to do that, to get to where you actually want to get to because fear will have you stuck. It will have you stuck telling yourself you can't have the relationship. You can't have the success. You can't have this. You can't have that. And it, it just thinks that's the best thing for you, but it's not, it's literally not, it's literally sabotaging you. So working with someone is worth every investment and everything because it literally helps you to tackle fear and move forward through that and unpack it and move to actually what you do want to have. And trust me, you'll never look back once you do the work because fear is painful. It's, it's just keeping you stuck. And I think adding to that, there is such a difference between understanding why you are afraid and where that fear is coming from. Cause I have a lot of clients. I don't know if you have the same where they're like, well, I know where this is coming from. 
Why is it still happening? I know that this is because of my mom and this XYZ situation, or I know this is because this, this thing happened, but why is it still happening? I thought I already did the work. And I think understanding that there is a massive difference between understanding why something is happening and knowing where it came from versus actually letting it go, actually changing the fear response. And that's the part where a lot of people get stuck. And I found at least personally, that was my barrier with therapy, where it was like therapy was a really great tool to get those answers. But then where some people can just move forward with those answers, I couldn't because I needed something else. And so that was where I found the beauty in actually doing the work on myself and letting it go because there is like understanding is different than letting go that they're two different things yeah I totally love that that is fantastic and that is such a good point you know I 100% my like not everyone's trauma is going to be as in your face as my my trauma was my childhood trauma was incredibly in your face it was it was a lot so I always knew where mine came from but it doesn't mean anything. It still kept me stuck and sabotaging for years and years and years and years because I didn't actually know how to move forward from it. All I would do would be reiterate over and over again the past of what had happened, which helped in some ways to talk. And this is why I say therapy has its place in terms of being able to talk about things. I was lucky enough, therapy doesn't work for me because I had no problem talking about things. I can articulate things so the cows come home. But you need to be able to move forward and otherwise you end up just being stuck in the past and then the past creates your future and you do not want that guys that's exactly you know I did that for a long time and that is that sabotage so that is the difference of being able to actually move past these things accept them release them move past them and then create that who that new identity of who you are now without the trauma letting it go and being that person that you want to be that actually has what you want that's the differences that is the difference. Otherwise, you just get stuck in who you were, that person that experienced a trauma. And that is not going to get you to what you want to do. Yes, you can certainly acknowledge it. You should certainly love that person and everything like that. But you want to move forward. And that is the difference with coaching to like therapy is coaching moves you forward to where you want to be. It's forward focus it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was on the soapbox then um it was great I loved it um okay so is there anything else that you'd like to add or share or something that I haven't asked or spoken about or whatever is there anything else that you want to say I don't know how familiar your audience is with this concept but one other thing that I want to add in is the reason that healing your trauma and working through these things is so great like this is the most overused metaphor in the history of the world. So bear with me, but it's like an, like we are like onions. Like it's like that, like, isn't that like Shrek in Shrek and Donkey? I know. Right. I had a client when I explained this on a recent masterclass, he like sent me this, that like real or that like little clip. And he's like, I just couldn't, I couldn't not send this to you. And I was like, Oh, it made my day. But if we are like onions, right. All of the layers of the onion are the layers that we have put up as protection because mm -hmm. we learned we needed to protect ourselves when we were really younger, really, really young. As we grow up, there are times where we actually need those layers because we literally don't have the tools to stay safe without them. So mm -hmm. this protection that is now the like self-sabotage or now the thing that's blocking you, that actually was really helpful to you at one point. Like not even just helpful from like a, 
your like a mind body perspective, but like literally you needed it in order to survive in those instances. And now you have grown enough where you have the tools to let it go and you don't need to survive. Like you don't need it to survive anymore. And that's when we have the ability to take the onion layer down. Yeah. But the interesting thing that I found with this is that every time we put up a layer, we get a little bit further away from who we are. So we put up a couple more walls. We start showing up a little bit more as someone else without even realizing it. We people please a little bit more. We pay a little bit more attention to becoming the person someone else needs us to be rather than becoming ourselves. So we get that validation, but also so that we can like survive, right? Like that becomes like our almost like survival technique, whatever it is for you. What I like, what I've found very helpful is understanding that in order for you to reach that next level of success for yourself. So whether that be you finding that, like the relationship of your dreams Mm -hmm. or you actually having the business boom or reaching the next level of your business or losing the weight or whatever it is in order for you to have that thing, you are going to require there be required at different stages, different like goals that you have to let go and like let go of another layer of that onion And not only understand yourself at a deeper level, but also be seen at a deeper level. And so it's in the process of healing the trauma that is corresponding to the block that you're having towards a certain goal or a certain area that you're actually allowed or like able to really reconnect with yourself a little bit more. And you always have to reconnect and come to terms with something inside of you before you feel safe to let other people see it in you. So when it comes to like dating, for example, you have to let some of those onion layers go Mm -hmm. in order for you to be you enough to feel safe enough Mm -hmm. to show up to the other person as the person that you actually are. And I always found that such an interesting concept because growing up, the like buzzwordiness of authenticity wasn't thrown around for me. So like now it's such a buzzword, but like I never learned that being authentic to you was a good thing. So the reason that I have now come to understand your authenticity is so important is because it literally reconnects you to yourself and it allows that growth that you are craving in every area of your life to come through quicker. The more authentic you become to yourself, the more you like submit to that process of healing those layers, letting all the walls come down, the quicker growth happens. And that's what I think is missing in this conversation. Like the buzzwordiness of be your authentic self, like blah, 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 blah. There's a level of you being authentic to you and learning to feel safe in who you are and safe enough to let other people see you too, that isn't as fluffy as what the media makes it sound and actually has like tangible impact on your life. And I think if people knew that they'd be a little bit more motivated to not feed into the buzzword of it and actually find that in their life, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The one thing I just want to add to that, because when you were talking about survival, 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 I totally know that is exactly what it is. But I also know that that kind of word can be hard to resonate with. So some people, because they'll be like, what what does that even mean? So I just want to be clear. Survival could even be the onion that you put up that makes you a people pleaser, that makes you a perfectionism, that makes, that is a, a way to convert it. You know, even when we're talking about survival, it's putting up people pleasing tendencies. That's a way to survive that you have created that is not authentic to you at all. Because if you're people pleasing other people, you're not pleasing you. First of all, you're definitely not being authentic to you. And you've just learned that as a child to to people please in order to get your needs met. 
that's that's simply what it comes to but probably because you have a fear that if you don't you won't be liked you won't be loved people will leave you something like that so that is a, a fine example of a, a survival mechanism that you use every single day that you've probably normalized and you don't even realize is actually a survival mechanism that is a part of your onion that has to go and in the, if it doesn't then you'll just go into these relationships or go into these things and you'll just be using that survival mechanism and you're right it's not authentic and just to be clear so you know because it can be scary to peel back and be be authentic it can be really scary I definitely struggled with it and most people don't even know what our uh, authentic selves is and we fear that we won't be liked for it we fear that we won't be accepted for it and we don't most of the time because our inner critics are very um harsh ourselves we don't even accept ourselves for who we are and love ourselves for it so what is the benefit of somebody being their authentic self if we're going to take the fluff yeah. away from that that thing of let's just be ourselves what 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 are some of the benefits of like why you would do that work to 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 peel back those onions because it's not the funnest of work to do but it is definitely worth it but it's not the funnest so what would be some of the benefits of doing that I'll share that, but I also want to share like an example, a personal example that's helped a lot of my clients for the survival part of this, because I have a very clear one from recently in my life that just like makes a lot of sense. But before I do, so the benefits, like the tangible benefits is literally like a one-to-one, the more safe you feel to be yourself, the more safe you feel to be yourself, meaning the more authentic you are, the more that you feel safe in knowing who you are, like letting those answers come to you. So this could be acknowledging that you actually do have this big audacious goal or acknowledging that you are a little bit bigger and louder than, you know, maybe you thought you were, you have a silly side, you have this, whatever it is. Once you acknowledge and feel safe to admit that to yourself, then you can feel safe to admit that to the world. That's you showing up in your authenticity. And then that has a one-to-one correlation with how much success that you experience in dating, in career, in business, in health, in all of it. Mm. And so that's that's how I see it. And that's how it, what I've personally seen in my clients. Yeah. And that's also why you've probably seen this with your clients. Clients can come in to work on dating, mm. but then all of a sudden their career is doing great. Oh, wow. Other things start dropping in. The amount of clients that I have that we don't try to lose weight at all and they like have like yeah. health that they are working on and then all of a sudden they come back to me and they're like, I haven't been trying to do this, but I lost 30 pounds this month. Yeah. It's crazy because that's like, that's the one-to-one correlation. Yeah, 100% because you're shedding the, tra- you're shedding the reasons as to why you do that. I'm, I have a, yeah, definitely. I have a client yeah. that me, Jess, and she was, do- you know, working on actually attachment style. She'd had, um, she always struggled with with eating and 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 that kind of thing and then she just lost so much weight after doing the work because she the things that were hot she was holding on to was just the trauma and when you when you start to deal with the trauma all other aspects of your life change you know it impacts your money it impacts your business it impacts your career relationships your friendships your weight your how you feel about yourself your inner critic everything changes that's the power of it um so I agree with that just one thing before you move on to that last thing I just want to say just to be very clear if you guys have ever had look we've all got desires and everyone has different desires for a reason. My desires will be different to Andy's, right? But if there's anything inside of you that is like, you might not be ready to fully admit it right now, but you've always had that 
tinge of like, I just feel like I could be an entrepreneur. I just feel like I'm meant to do this in my life and my career, or I'm meant to be married and have kids. That is your desire, guys. That is your desire. It's for you because it, you have it. It's already yours, right? The difference is you just have to shed all of those beliefs that are stopping you from getting it. That's it. To become that authentic self. That is your authentic self. Those desires are your authentic self. When I was, you know, I, I would say I was like a child and I, I was going through all this trauma in my, and I remember being in, in this home. I can't remember. I was less than 10 years of age. And I remember thinking to myself, I just, I had this feeling that I was just supposed to do something with this in my life and share it and help people. And then I took many years where fear would kept me stuck. And I just wanted to be normal and never talk about any of this stuff and not help anyone or do anything. And it, it, I eventually I had to succumb to it. I was self-sabotaging my purpose and what I was here to do. Eventually I had to succumb to it and I had to do a lot of the work. I had to do the work to be seen and heard and all of these things that my fear was telling me, no one cares, no one, you know, everyone's gonna reject you. No one will like you, no one will love you. That's the self-sabotage. I had to do all of that to be who I am now and how I've helped so many people. But that was because that was my desire and I knew it was mine. And that is the difference. So anything that you fear is anything that you feel, you've had that just tinge of like, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that. That is you. That is, that's for you. And the difference is, is you've just got to get you out of your own way to stop self-sabotaging it so that you can have it because it's you. That's your authentic self that you need to peel back the onion. Yeah. I'm finished. Please tell us your story. <laughs> I agree with every part of that. I love it. Um, a hundred percent. I wanted to touch on, cause you just said that a lot of people have a hard time understanding the survival portion of it. Yeah. And I liked the example that you gave when it came to people pleasing. Cause that's what it is. Like all of these patterns, they are survival patterns. What's interesting. So I actually had this happen after my business had started. And this is where I hesitate to say all trauma comes from childhood because I've had the most growth in my life processing recent trauma that I've experienced. So just to put it in perspective or kind of give people an example, my husband, when we had, we met, we like instantly fell in love. We got legally married in probably a period of like seven months. It was not a very long time. We just knew we were the ones that comes after a period of me doing the work. He leaves to be deployed in the Middle East and he was in a war zone and to, there's a lot of stuff that I could add in here, but essentially at that time, I massively rerouted my plans to go live with my parents as like a fully grown adult. I was not supposed to be doing that. I was supposed to be traveling solo at this time. It was just too much pain for me to handle. And I couldn't verbalize that at the time, but all I knew is like, I went home for the holidays and I was like, I'm canceling all my flights. I don't think I can leave here. He left like right before the holidays. While he was there, he experienced horrible things. He almost died. There was like a very dramatic instances, things that most people will never experience, even though even in the military. That was a like a crazy thing. But for me, as I was going through everything, I, yes, had a hard time, but I kind of just was like, wow, he has stuff to deal with. And I never processed in the moment that I had stuff to deal with. So he was gone for nine months, 10 months. I never cried maybe like once or twice, I had like a couple of like really scary instances or like frustration. But most of my frustration, to be very honest, had nothing to do with deployment and everything to do with my business. And so I just moved through that time. He comes home. I'm thinking like, we're all good and dandy. I am here to be his rock to help him process things. He goes through his like processing period, like doing a lot of work on himself, all of it, really like coming to terms with everything. 
we get married, actually have like a big, beautiful wedding. And that's probably within like the four to five months after. I still think I have no trauma. However, our relationship is a little weird. We're having weird fights. There is a lot of resentment coming up that I couldn't even put a finger on. And so what was crazy is it wasn't until after the wedding that all of this finally became clear to me. And it was showing up in so many weird ways. I was having weird skin rashes all over my body. I had the worst stomach problems of the world. And I went to see naturopaths, gastrointestinal doctor, you know, the, the stomach doctor, uh, like other doctors, like I did everything in the world over that year. Nothing was working. I, after he, after our wedding, finally just get like a pull to work with a woman who works on trauma. And so I started working with her and she basically within the first like five minutes is like, oh, your husband almost like had what happened now? We do a bunch of healing around our, like around my experience through the deployment. All of this goes away. The thing that I always find crazy is that during the whole time he was deployed, I never had emotional responses. I thought this was all a him thing. And this is me knowing how this work works, knowing how trauma happens. So like, I am like very well versed in this, yet I couldn't consciously connect the two. And the reason being is that if I knew what was going on or what was happening, and I had that happen during that time, I, the amount of pain I would have been experiencing on a moment to moment basis for that entire year, he was gone. It was literally too much. It would have shut me down. I wouldn't have been able to work. I wouldn't have been able to survive. And that's, that's how trauma forms, right? So even as an adult, I obviously have an anomaly of a story. That's not a normal experience, but the same thing happens as a child. When the pain that you perceive from Mm -hmm. the experience is too great for you to process in that moment. Your body doesn't have you experience the pain because it literally will prevent you from doing survival tasks. Mm. And therefore it'll dissociate you from it. It'll suppress it until you're ready and you have the tools and the time and the space in your life to go through it. And that was my experience with it when it comes to the survival portion. And a lot of times when we go back and do stuff with clients, we can find one-to-one correlations with that, where there was something going on in their life while when they're a kid, they don't have the tools. They don't have the ability to process. They don't have the space, the time, the safety mm-hmm. to experience that pain fully and let it go. And then it just gets stuck in their body. So I just wanted to share that because I feel like it's helpful when it, you think of survival. It literally feels like survival to your body because if yeah. you fully experience that and let it go, you wouldn't be able to do other things. So there's like that one-to-one with survival. Yeah, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing. That is so, so relevant. And especially sharing how like it was coming up for you because that's what people don't realize. It comes up in these ways that you won't realize. And, you know, just to do a a quick round to, uh, because something you said was true about, you know, as a child when you experience this trauma and I have so many people that come to me and they, they don't have a clue what that trauma might look like. And then we uncover it and it's like, oh yes, it's released, thank God. Cause yeah, they've disassociated from it. But the difference is, is, and you're right about saying um, you you weren't ready to handle it then. You couldn't have handled it. How could you? You're a child. But now it will come out, and especially in my audience, that those anxious triggers that you're feeling, those that anxiety in your body is telling you it's there. That's that trauma that's inside of you, you know, 
when they don't text you back or when they don't send the morning message or when they don't do this or when they're leaving you or they need space, that panic inside of you, that is that trauma. That's literally telling you that that, that trauma is trapped inside of you. And now because you're an adult, you actually do have the skill set. Well, you might need to, to learn the skill set, but you do have the, the ability to deal with that and process that and get that out of you. Otherwise, it will just keep triggering you over and over and over and over again. And you will keep sabotaging your relationships over and over and over and over again because that trauma is trapped inside of you that anxiety is there which is why I always say your triggers are your best friends because they are literally showing you what needs to be healed and once you do that life gets so much better guys like life gets so much better once you take the time it's not fun I'm not gonna lie I've had a lifetime of it but it is worth it to do because you're literally just shedding those onion layers and you'll you stop getting so triggered you'll stop experiencing this you'll stop sabotaging every area of your life because of it i couldn't agree more yay amazing um is there anything else that you want to add before we we wrap up i don't think so i think this was a really good conversation on trauma and how it really holds you back in every area of your life Yes, I absolutely love, 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 love this conversation. Um, you have been an absolutely amazing guest. I know that like there were so many aha moments probably to so many people. And I love that it was like we're showing how it impacts every aspect of our lives. So thank you so much for, for sharing. Like you've added so much value and I just loved it. I personally loved the conversation. So thank you so much, Andy. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fuck Trauma podcast. If you haven't done already and you want to make sure that you are notified of new episodes coming, which they definitely will be, then please hit the follow button and please feel free to rate the podcast and share on your socials. Thank you so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated.